You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast whose jokes will leave you aghast. Today we have Karami, never mind the shuttlecocks, Kamil. Good morning, guys. And Nicholas Racketman John. Hello, hello. I am Faisal. Service over, American. Now, with the uh, badminton-based intros out of the way, let's get straight into it. Uh, the Thomas and Uber Cups are still going on in Denmark. Our Uber Cup team exited the tournament at the uh, bottom of Group D with uh, defeats to Denmark, China and Canada. Now, this is definitely a huge learning experience for them, right? It was, and I hope that they'll benefit from this experience in a, in the future. I'm just a little bit upset that Perditan could not participate in the Uber Cup due to injury, so her partner M Tina was forming a scratch pair with Li Meng Yen. So I did not get my wish to watch them play together. Our first woman single, Eski Sona, did not put in the performance that we thought she could. She lost both matches. Maybe it has something to do with with her getting COVID twice previously, and she was put in the hospital. She was warded due to a fever, if I'm not mistaken. So that might cause her performance to drop down a bit. I think there was no shame in their Uber Cup campaign, uh, even though they lost all three ties. I think overall it was a good experience for them at the top level, and and hopefully they take something away from this and and learn and improve. Because I, I and we have mentioned this many times, and I cannot stress this enough how young and 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 inexperienced this squad is. They are still developing, so we have to be patient. And there are going to be a few more disappointments along the way, a few more defeats. But it's just how it is, like you know, as fans, all we can can do is to stand behind them, give them the space and time they need to develop and, and show them our support. As for the men's team, uh, they are through to the quarterfinals as a Group D runners-up. They had a 5-0 win over Canada and lost to Japan 4-1. They have reached their target, the, the men's team, and no disrespect to any other teams in that group, not saying name <coughs> Canada, <coughs> but we've, we foresee this one, right? We foresee this. We know that we're going to beat Canada and, and after beating Canada, we know that uh, we are going to the quarters. But to me, the interesting thing is um, we lost to Japan again. We lost previously to to them in the Sudeman Cup twice in the group stages and in the semifinals. So again, we lost. But good news for the Malaysian team is that Leong Junhao may uh, cost an upset yesterday. He beat Kenta Nishimoto straight set. Although the match was, it was the last match of the night, but still a good morale boost for Junhao. I also have to wonder if the Malaysian players maybe took their foot off the pedal a little bit, knowing that their quarterfinal place was was already secured, you know. So uh, do you think it's a fair assessment to say that maybe they didn't want to risk fatigue or injury? I would say that, but did you notice that Zija went through another rubber game against Momota? So that in itself shows that Zija wanted to make a statement to try to beat Momota again. And and is really developing this this rivalry with Momota. You know they've met so many times already. I think Zijia and Momota is becoming like the Chongwei and Linda. Yeah, 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 yeah. And did you notice that Zijia has developed this cockiness, this kind of arrogance on the court? I really like that. It's called attitude. <laughs> 
Now, moving on to the uh, Football World Cup qualifiers. England, they had an off day drawing one all against Hungary at Wembley. England still topped their group uh, three points ahead of Poland with two matches to go. Those two matches are uh, San Marino and Albania. On paper, uh, England will definitely uh, qualify as group winners, right? They have to win the group, I think. There's no, there's no arguments about that unless Southgate tries to experiment with his team again. Uh, it was an experiment team that drew against Hungary. We need to remember that. So if Southgate decided to go in that direction, maybe Poland could sneak up. But one, one thing that uh, you, you didn't mention, Faisal, was that this match was also uh, sort of like affected by some crowd trouble involving the Hungarian supporters early on. And th- this is an issue which I feel is getting a little bit too much because this is what the third time that something like this has happened uh, with, with the Hungarian supporters. There were also incidents during Euro 2020 as well. And uh, weren't they punished by UEFA for, for, for what they did? And, and I think there was some kind of loophole or something because how you know the World Cup qualifier is a FIFA tournament, but it was UEFA who punished them. So their punishment doesn't apply and whatnot. I think that's rubbish because for, for, for something as serious as, as racist abuse and crowd violence, the punishment for things like this should be across the board. Elsewhere, Portugal beat Luxembourg 5-0. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo scored his 58th career hat-trick. He's also the first player to score 10 international hat-tricks. Uh, it's like every game he gets onto the pitch and he breaks a record. It is, and I, I only have one thing to say. He's the goat who's messy. <laughs> <laughs> and is it, but the surprising, is, surprising thing is he's doing this at the age of 36. Other players his age are already like winding down their careers and all that. But at the rate he is going, he looks like he's got, what, two or three more good seasons to go? So I wouldn't be surprised at this rate. One day, he's going to break the record for the most records broken in football or something like that. You know, <laughs> just you wait and see. He's, he's performing really well with his national team, right, Portugal. Yeah. But it makes me wonder what is going on at his club level, at, at, at Manchester United. Just, just, I'm just saying the name. At Manchester United, what is wrong there? Because he is scoring at will, except at United. So, I don't know, man. Well, look, we'll get to United later, so you'll get your uh, slam Oli fix in a few minutes' time. <laughs> sabah, sabah, sabah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Elsewhere, Netherlands had a 6-0 win over Gibraltar. Germany hammered North Macedonia 4-0 to become the first European team to qualify for the World Cup. Denmark also sealed a spot with their 1-0 win over Austria. In South America, table toppers Brazil beat Uruguay 4-1. Neymar uh, scoring his 70th goal for Brazil. Guys, uh, earlier he hinted that he could call time on his international career after the World Cup. Do you actually see that happening? I think it is possible because uh, don't forget, by the time the World Cup comes around next year, he'll he'll already be 30. So that is, you know, as we know, unless you're Cristiano Ronaldo, 30 is round about the time where you start peaking in your career. And then after that, it all kind of goes downhill. So it, it may be the last time you see him at a World Cup. But for his sake, I just hope that he doesn't get injured before the World Cup because he does have a track record of picking up injuries either before or, or during major tournaments. So if, if it's his last World Cup and he gets injured again, then that's it. I really hope he doesn't hang his boots in the international scene. But if that is his decision, we have to respect it. But about his injuries during major tournaments, Nick, maybe Neymar should just hit the gym sometime, you know? 
just build up a few muscles just to prevent him to get injured. But he has oh, parties but... to attend, you know. <laughs> yeah. There's no time for gym. Or be like Ronaldo, lay off the desserts. Right. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Only water. Just drink water. Also in the uh, South American World Cup qualifiers, Argentina had a 1-0 win over Peru. Now, guys, the Premier League is back this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Watford, they're playing their first match under new boss Claudio Dilidong Ranieri. They're hosting <laughs> Liverpool. Now, this is a baptism by fire, right? Yeah, uh, of, of all the matches to, to start your first match, you know, you get Liverpool. Uh, I, I think the Reds will want to get their EPL season back on track as well after the two-all draw with uh, Man City in the last game. If I'm not mistaken, they'll be missing a few of their Brazilian players, right? Because they can't make it back in time after the World yes. Cup qualifiers. Uh, it'll be uh, Alisson and Fabinho. Yeah, but even then, I think they've got enough quality in the team to uh, to get a win over uh, Watford. So, yeah, deleting or not, I, I think it'll be a bit too hard for Watford. Lah. With Allison likely to be unavailable, uh, backup goalkeeper Quiven Kelleher will start. If you've ever wondered how to pronounce the name, that was it. <laughs> also, leaders Chelsea are at home to Brentford, Man City host Burnley. Tottenham are away to Newcastle, whose owners are rich enough to buy all the castles in England. Manchester United travel to Leicester. Uh, United won't have Harry Maguire and Rafael Varane. This means they'll have to rely on Eric Bailly and uh, Victor Lindelof. Should I feel sorry for them? <laughs> I think you should. I think you should. Um, without Maguire and Varane, I think United defence will have a hard time containing uh, Jamie Vardy. Uh, and Leicester has been playing quite well under Brendan Rodgers. You know, they have not totally ditched the counter-attack tactical that they, they used before, but they've upgraded all their tactics somehow. And uh, I have a bad feeling for Manchester United this weekend. Yeah, and, and, and I also think that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer cannot afford not to start with his best players like like what he tried to do you know, against Everton in the last match. If he tries resting all these players who've come back from international duty and all that, I think they, they could kind of like end up digging a hole for themselves, especially, like you mentioned, against a tough opponent like Leicester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it is going to get even tougher for United after this. So within a span of 45 days, they're up against uh, Leicester, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea and Arsenal. So, within 45 days, you guys uh, could get your wish and see Oli gone. <laughs> yeah, that's the end of the title charge. <laughs> I think you should drop Arsenal from the list. So I, the rest of the teams are quite good, but just drop Arsenal out of that list. <laughs> it's United, you never know, guys. Right, exactly. At the rate they are playing now. No, but under Solskjaer, under Oli, if you, if you notice, his team always performs well when facing the big teams, you know. It's, it's against these smaller teams or Minos that they, they'll have more trouble to get the win. So, so does, does that mean that you are going to count Arsenal now or not? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, some other news this week. Remember the woman who caused a massive pileup at the Tour de France? Well, uh, she went on trial this week for uh, endangering lives. 
as a reminder of what happened, right? She held up a sign in front of TV cameras as the race was going on. A cyclist bumped into the sign and fell down. This caused dozens of other cyclists to crash as well. Uh, some even had uh, broken bones. Now, normally, when we talk about the Tour de France and the uh, controversies uh, surrounding it, it usually involves doping. In this case, <laughs> the dope was an actual person. Yeah, and she's facing what? I think a four-month suspended sentence or something, right? You know, but see, the, the thing about the Tour de France is that certain sections of the race are famous, or you can even say legendary for having spectators standing very closely by the roadside. And, and for the riders, it's almost as if they're going in and amongst the crowd, you know, that that's how close they're standing. But yet, after years and years and years of following the race, everyone seems to know their boundaries. You know, the fans know how to stay out of the rider's way. But all it takes is, like you mentioned, for, just, for that one person to just mess everything up. So it's understandable that cycling authorities are angry because the, the, the lives of the riders were put at risk just because someone wanted to be uh, on camera. Unfortunately, I think this is one of those incidents that we will see again. It, it, it could become a little bit common because in this age of you know the selfie and, and TikTok videos and what, whatnot, people are going to be doing stupid things for the gram and, and inevitably someone's going to get hurt. La. Finally, we have some uh, tragic news in Kenya. Distance runner Agnes Tirop was uh, tragically killed at age 25. Uh, she was stabbed to death and her husband is in police custody. Now, she was an Olympian and the uh, world record holder for the women's only 10-kilometer race. If you are a victim of domestic violence or if you know anyone who is, you can contact the government's Talian Kasi hotline at 15999 or WhatsApp them at uh, 019-261599. You can also get in touch with any of the NGOs that handle such abuse. With that, we have come to the end of another Podball Sportscast. I'm Faisal Merikan. And I am Karami Kamil. And I'm Nicholas Jot. 